Anyway, Nate, I hit record. I can add uh, edit around this later. Um, do I want <laughs> white? What color should I make the room for the podcast? You should make it green. Green is the color. Yeah, but I'm kind of slowly moving away from green being the color. Well, there's no such thing as a dark green light bulb, so... <laughs> well, that's the problem. You say that, but then you go into... Where is this fucking app? Because the, the main one that I can change the colors on is a different thing. Um, and, like, that's the green. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. no, that's a little bit too more... Too blue. Oh, oh God. Right. Where you <laughs> can actually... There's <laughs> a... I, I didn't realize when you picked the color, it has names. I don't know if it'll show up for you. I can't see that. That's too small. Hang on. Okay, well... Free speech green. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I have to have danger mode. Oh, no. Yes. Can I get pink? Ooh. So, I never understood the whole Google Smart Home thing. Are the light bulbs themselves connected to Wi-Fi? Yes. I don't understand how that works, because <laughs> like, think of it like know. it's a. I'm small... not a. I'm not a computer person. Well, it's not <laughs> even a computer thing. Think of it like this way: you plug in, um, let's say an Alexa, or a Google mm-hmm. Chrome thing. I was about to say Google, and I'm like, it'll listen to me. Um, when you plug that in, it's on. It is receiving mm-hmm. power. It does not do anything unless told to do things. Technically, I know, yes, it's all we're always listening. Fuck it, whatever. Um, <laughs> or even just a normal computer. It's like, okay, you're plugged in, you're receiving power, you aren't doing anything unless I specifically tell you to turn on. In computer case, it's a button. In this case, it's you hitting a... or commanding it through the internet to be like, bloop, bloop, power. Mm-hmm. I and, well, I don't know. Maybe I just... I live in a house with very shitty Wi-Fi in general, so that's why I haven't done it yet. Cool thing. Uh, Our router's right here. It is literally behind my monitor. Um, (laughs) The plan was to have it in the corner, and I was going to get like a separate case or something to put both of the PCs in the corner, uh, and then Mm -hmm. spread the wires beyond. Uh, I probably will still do that. Um, Yeah. But hey... Uh, in case you don't know what this is, yes, Nate, we have been recording. This is Space Time Taco, with your hosts, Chris, a.k.a. Tom Burrito, and... Nate, a.k.a. Little Teapot. Yay! We haven't done this in... Forever. Like two months. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there was a combination of family loss and buying a house. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting com- com- combination, just filled with nothing but stress and anxiety. Oh, I'm sure. So unfortunately, you have a house. I do have a house. I am one of like four millennials I know, like millennial <laughs> couples that have a house. Um, it seems like being a couple is the way to go. <laughs> especially if you have one that makes more money than you. But that's a whole other. Thing. Well, yes. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because of that, I have not really gotten a chance to keep up with video games or, for the most part, TV. Um, so mm-hmm. you might be doing a little bit of heavy lifting on that side of things. Uh, but I will say there's one very specific thing that you have on this list that I <laughs> want to talk about. Uh, and for anybody that does not care, I am so sorry. 
Nate, you or whatever. <laughs> Nate has started one of my, which is weird to say, all-time favorite. Wait, are you watching or reading? I'm watching. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite manga, not, <laughs> not anime. <laughs> so the thing is, is I will consider reading it now that I'm realizing the time investment it's taking me to even watch the anime. I mean, it's standard episode length. Like, every episode is 20 to 30 minutes long. But the amount of stuff that happens and the reason, like, people like you and other people recommended One Piece to so many people is because there's just so much junk in the anime that you don't need to watch. Uh, by the way, yes, we're talking about One Piece. Um, now, I will avoid spoilers because uh, currently in the last two weekends... Um, well, I already know what happened. Okay, cool. We well, the internet talked about it already. <laughs> All I will say is I watched the last two seasons, the last two episodes of the anime, and I have never been so happy to watch One Piece in my life. <laughs> okay. um, from they from did the little really clips good. I've seen, the animation is phenomenal. I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, okay, so okay, when did you start? As he. So I actually just started this week. <laughs> um, How many episodes in are you? I think I'm about seven episodes in. Oh wow! Um, so you so, only have like one actual crew member, technically. Yeah, um, we're in the middle of the village where, I mean, this isn't really spoilers for this is like 1990s uh, stuff. Spoilers for you. East Blue. We'll put it that <laughs> yeah. way. Spoilers for very early East Blue. <laughs> um. But we're in the village where Luffy um, gets captured by Buggy, then eventually gets freed. Um, I just got past the episode with the Beast Tamer guy mm -hmm. and the dog. Um, so now I'm in the middle of the episode, basically. A lot of this is centered around <laughs> them beating Buggy and Luffy recruiting Nami. Like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> but it takes, like, five episodes for that to happen. <laughs> It's yeah. like watching Special Beam Cannon all over again. <laughs> Let's see. Um, <laughs> Episode 2 chapter comparison One Piece. <laughs> hmm. Alright, I kind of want to see this. Uh, where are we? You said you are at... You're not there yet. You just did... Okay, Beast Tamer emoji versus Luffy. That's one, two, three, four, five. Wait, what? I'm confused. It doesn't really... Okay, so that's five chapters. Corresponding chapters. It's five different chapters that it goes through in that one episode, I guess? Mm -hmm. And then four yes, chapters for the next... <laughs> This will be considered the Orange Town arc, which lasts from episodes four to episodes eight. Yeah. Which I think. Yes, I know. I'm just walking away from the camera. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say I love that everything I need is all in one fucking room again? <laughs> it's volume three of the manga. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, one through three yeah. right here. <laughs> I'm like, I think that coat gets covered in here. Um, yeah. Mm hmm. Which I love that I bought this because my plan is I'm going to buy the like the chests, those like hundred hundred and fifty dollar chests that have like twenty five volumes each, because I want the entire series. Yeah. No, this is. Uh, I will say. I mean, 
I'm into it now because everyone's been raving and raving and raving about Gear 5 so much. Um, <clears throat> which is understandable. I mean, it's shown no manga. No spoilers, but... I'm not going to spoil it, but it's understandable because, you know, form changes in Shonen manga. I mean, we grew up with it in DBZ. Bleach has that aspect. One mm -hmm. Piece, of course, has, and this is why Naruto they're kind of the big it. three. Naruto has it too, yes. But the the form changes are always kind of a big event in Shonen Battle ma manga. Um, One Piece is unique in the way that it approaches its main character from a lot of the other ones, though. Where, say, like, Ichigo is just a hooligan teenager who happens upon superpowers that he didn't know he had. Goku is an alien from another planet who learns to very early on because of how he was raised, love humanity and protect people. Um, <clears throat> Luffy is a guy with, who has literally one goal. He's the guy in your D and D party who wrote his backstory down on like a note card and was like, this is it. This is my whole character. And just role plays that the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's like, because you can kind of, the closest, as as much as I hate to say it, I really don't, but the closest of the, like, big shonen um, main characters that Luffy is, it, would I would say is closest to, is Goku, because Goku is just, Goku's a little bit more fight, fight happy. Um, yeah. But very much <clears throat> like, I just want to enjoy life. Let, let, my goal is to have fun. Um, now, G Goku's way of having fun is to, you know, Beat the get stronger and stronger people. and beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> like, when he goes up against a hard opponent, even one that wants to murder everyone, he's like, huh, this guy's cool. Let's have fun. <laughs> Here's a sensu uh, bean for you, sir. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, yeah, when he gives sensu beans <laughs> to fucking enemies. Um, Luffy is more like, I'm gonna fight you either because you did something wrong to me or to these people that have done things good for, or done nice for things for me. Because uh, mm -hmm. it's literally like, it, they fed me. There's I, You haven't gotten to it, but there's a chapter, I don't even know when it happens, um, but there's literally basically a storyline where people feed him, then they get fucked up, and he immediately is like, I'm gonna fuck you guys up now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's fun. So I'm watching the HD versions of the anime, Crunchyroll. Good, good. And the amount of times Luffy has said, I'm going to kick your ass to people is <laughs> <laughs> just off the chart. But he always says it. The great thing about Luffy is he always says it with a smile on his face. Yeah. And the cool thing about Luffy is he's not, you know, this jacked, athletic looking guy. Like, he looks like rubber hose animation, and that's for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, but he knows how strong he is <laughs> like he he's never at least up until what i've watched which isn't a lot i'll admit but he always knows like hey this guy can't take me <laughs> no matter what he tries to do i'm in zero danger yeah. all the time um but you know this thing and the way that they're building up uh, Buggy the Clown is like, oh, well, he ate a devil fruit, too. He's got this chop chop power where he can split his body up and control his body parts from far away. And Luffy's like, yeah, dude, whatever. <laughs> so it's it's great to see a character who's so confident in his own abilities out of the gate mm -hmm. rather than someone 
like I get the appeal of someone like Goku where you see him train and you see him get stronger over time. Um, and I know that some of that is coming up later in the manga and anime for Luffy, but to see a character just out of the gate, like episode one, he's already confident in his own abilities and knows what he's capable of yeah. is a really awesome thing to see. Yeah. And the progress he has, it's, because, like, he doesn't, it's not as much, like, the normal, like, oh, there's a training arc kind of thing. Um, there's a little bit of that, but the way they handle it, I think, is so much better. Um, I do love the fact that, so, I will ask, are you following any, like, filler skip lists or anything? I'm not right now. Um... I know early on, I'm pretty sure there isn't actually much filler right off the bat. Um well, I haven't right now because there's a certain sense of nostalgia going back and watching something, honestly. I guess I can say this old at this point. Yeah. We're, we're talking about episodes that aired this, this is in like 99. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about episodes that aired in like 98, 99. And so it's giving me that sense of nostalgia for old anime that I used to watch week to week like that when I was watching things like Toonami. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell that in sort of the evolution of sort of both the resolution of the show as it moves forward in time and the animation of the show as it moves forward in time. Um, but I probably eventually will go to something like One Piece and if I ever feel bogged down, basically, if I ever feel like there's a point where like, okay, now I'm getting bored and there's, I'm not getting anything out of this show, then I will probably go to one pace and use that. Yeah. Um, all right. So at the current pace you're on, do you think you can watch up until episode, um, I'd say 44, 44, probably by the end of this month. It's doable. I mean, I've watched seven episodes in two days. So okay. Uh, the reason I say it is because the thirty first is the premiere for the live action. Uh, and the live action is going to cover up till that point, I assume. Literally, it's it is up until that arc. Um, don't look it up. Uh, but I will say, manga wise. Um, there, the kind of early in that that arc, the final arc, um, is where I hit the. I I love this show. I'm never gonna. I'm going to follow this through. I'm gonna see him become the fucking king of the pirates. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, that's about I think episode 37 uh, in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for you to get to that point. I, in all honesty, trying to watch it, the furthest I ever made it was up to. Uh, yeah, yeah, episode 15, 15, 16. Hmm. Um, no, you know, no, it's 17. I'm lying. I see it right there. That is definitely where I made it to. Um, again, it was a combination of pacing, and maybe it was the fact that, like, I, I still love some of those older anime series, but it just doesn't hit for me the same way, I think. Um, mm-hmm. cause like we grew up watching basically the same shit. We all watched Toonami. 
Uh, and there's just something about, I guess, the more action-packed anime that I don't enjoy as much. Did I just lose my headphones? <laughs> no, it just beeped at me for no. some reason. No. I, uh, well, let's see. I enjoy action-packed anime as long as they're, one, animated really well, and two, like, have actual engaging characters in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, King of, or, what was it, King of High School? God of High School? Yeah. God, God of High, High school. school. Yeah, so God of High School started out really, really well with that, and then did the same thing that Tenjo Tenge did, which is go completely off the rails with supernatural bullshit that nobody cared about. Um, supernatural bullshit. Um, well, it was supernatural bullshit that was completely unexplained. It's just like, people have these powers because they have them. Oh, okay. um, and it just it stopped making sense basically like it i don't know about other people it lost me entirely mm. um i was there for the when i saw the clip of like the first few fights and saw that really really smooth you know almost sakuga style animation for the fight scenes that's what hooked me and they just they slowly lost all of that as well so it's like you know you blew all your budget on the first episode and didn't go anywhere else with it after that yeah <laughs> um or I like action-packed anime that just have goofy stuff in it. Um, Misfitted Demon King Academy, for example, is great with that. That's, I mean, this I guy, love that show. This guy picks up and basketball spins a fucking castle on his fingertip before throwing it. So, um, the things like that are that are amazing. Um, but yes, anime that are all action, no character, are kind of dumb. Um, Whereas anime without a whole lot of action in them can be really, really great, but you have to do a whole lot more lifting. Your characters have to do a whole lot more lifting for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no like big bombastic scenes to keep people's attention. Um, so I think One Piece strikes that balance, though, between the two, where they have really, really good characters. I mean, I haven't seen a One Piece fan who doesn't like, say, like, they not only is a certain character in the show their favorite character, but they like identify with that character. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas DBZ, I could say like, Oh, who's your favorite? And most 99% of the time people are going to say Goku or Vegeta. Like that's it. (laughs) Uh, Piccolo motherfucker. What the hell? Um, my favorite for the longest time was Yamcha, but that was back when Yamcha was cool in Dragon Ball. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. That's the thing. I also really like Krillin. And then that motherfucker became a cop. Yeah, well... You're disappointed. He's like the most OP cop in the Dragon Ball world. (laughs) Um, No, I always liked... I mean, I like Vegeta's character because his arc through the Majin Buu series... Majin Buu saga, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I like that that side of him and then eventually you know him becoming a family man and so on and so forth but he's still always in sort of that rat race with goku whether he wants to admit it or not yeah <laughs> um and the great thing is by the time you get into the stuff in super like it doesn't matter who's the most powerful say it anymore <laughs> like no one in the universe actually cares <laughs> um so who knows i'm having fun with one piece um that makes me really happy I know it's daunting for a lot of people to start. I've had discussions with people before about, like, look, most people just don't want to get into it because they do not want to sit through 1,200 episodes of an anime. 
Um, yeah. It's a lot. I, I will give that. It is a lot to watch. Hell, it's a lot to read. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to watch. It's a lot to read. It's just a big time investment is the thing. And you got to think, like, it's difficult for a lot of people to sit down and watch a three-hour long movie. Yeah. Um, I'm finding it more <clears throat> difficult every time I go see one. <laughs> Look, I just, I'm going to wait till Oppenheimer comes out in digital so I can just watch oh, it in pieces. Oh, <laughs> no, that one's, I currently, I have a backlog of movies in theaters still that I need to see. I already missed one, I think. Something got pulled. I literally have to see, like, you know what, I just did this the other day. Oh, where am I? AMC theaters. So I currently need to see... Because that's definitely how it works. Um, come on, give me tickets. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm on the fence about Oppenheimer. Uh, Meg 2, because the first Meg entertaining as shit. I don't care if it's going to be horrible. Uh, mm -hmm. Still haven't seen Haunted Mansion. Still haven't seen fucking Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Haven't seen Talk <laughs> to Me. Um, I've missed so many Mission Impossible movies. Up and uh, it just came out, or it's about to come out. No, no, it just came out, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Mm -hmm. Which, that just looks like a fun horror movie. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Did you ever see The Theory of Everything? That's the one with... Stephen um, Hawking. Red, Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne, right? Yes. Mm. No, I did not. So, I watched that in theaters. Um, I, I forget what the runtime on the movie is, but it just felt like a long movie. <laughs> And Oppenheimer gives me that vibe where it's like you're essentially watching a biopic film. Yeah. You're watching the history of someone's life up until the major event which made them famous or infamous in Oppenheimer's case. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I forgot about this shirt. You wearing an Oppenheimer? Oh, nice. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I get... You know, biopics are cool and whatever like that. You're adding some drama, some flourishes to a person's life. Um, and also kind of teaching people a history lesson at the same time. But I don't know. I, I, I watch movies because I want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Oppenheimer just feels like a big ask right now. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Alternatively, Barbie is out and everything I've heard about Barbie is fantastic. So, Oh, you haven't seen Barbie yet either? I keep planning to go, and then I have to keep doing other things. This this uh, upcoming trip has me sprawling to get a lot of things done before I leave. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we've talked about it on uh, stream. Um, but this will most likely be... Because I'm not gonna, you know, completely be like, "This is where you can find mm -hmm. him." Um, <laughs> Nate will unfortunately, most likely, very, 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 most likely, um, not be here for the first time for Extra mm -hmm. Life this year, because um, he will be not in this country, which is fucking weird. I will not be in the country, but um, I'll still be able to attend in some digital format. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, the time zones are very weird. When I fly there, I'll be flying into the future. Um, That's not how it works. <laughs> like seven hours into the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'll be—I'll actually be stopping in Munich first and then going. Um, 
there's no direct flights to Romania. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so Romania is where I'm going, but um, we don't need to go into detail about that. Bottom line is I'll still be here in some capacity. We'll just have to figure out logistics once I'm over there. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe uh, we can, I don't know, record individual solo podcasts and see how they turn out. <laughs> I think we all have the, uh, whatchamacallits, the files? Files, that's it. Yeah. Man, there's so much Pokemon bullshit happening right now. Yeah, there is. Um, the new Pokemon that got announced, the fact that they're adding, I think, Paldea starters to Scarlet and Violet. It's <clears throat> not just Paldea. Well, no, the Paldea is the, the area that they're from. Um... Pokemon Go is that okay? Sorry, I was mixing up. You meant Pokemon Go, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. They're adding those starters, but they're also in the new DLC for Scarlet and Violet. They're adding almost all of the other starters from every game. Um, hmm. How you get them, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I still haven't played much of Scarlet, which is what I have. <laughs> I haven't played anything since the last time I probably talked about it on here. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that I'm like, oh, I'll never play it. You know what I did? I turned it on because Pokemon Bank went active, and I did some transferring of people, of things, uh, because if you had saved data for a multitude of games on the Switch, um, you could mm-hmm. get free Pokemon. You would basically get um, the, the... Oh, you would get the starters for everything. Um, gotcha. And I guess now that I have all those starters, I'll be able to transfer them all into my Scarlet and Violet, or my Violet. Um, I will say right now, I need to hop in because I you can currently, up until I believe September or something, early September, uh, you can get a free Mew. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, there's, uh, you can find all the, the mystery gift codes online. Um, there are actually a lot of TikTok accounts that literally just post active codes being like, hey, mm-hmm. you can get a Mew, you can get this uh, shiny mudkip. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> actually, I wouldn't mind a shiny mudkip. I think they're pink. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's cute. Uh, Pokemon. Pokemon always cute. Um, did yeah. I will say they did announce uh, the weirdest fucking um, game-exclusive version of uh, Raikou? How do you say it? Raiko? Raikou? R-A-I-K-O-U? Yeah, Raikou. Okay. Um, it's just, they gave him a long neck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, turn him, turn him a goddamn giraffe. <laughs> it looks so fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, there's also a new Applin who looks cute. Applin just is a weird apple dragon. I don't know who decided <laughs> to design this, but I fucking love that shit. Um but- I have a feeling that they just sit one guy down in a room and dose him with acid constantly and just make him draw Pokemon. <laughs> there is, um, there's an account. Oh no, that was a different account. But there was basically a video I saw that was like, uh, all right, what are we going to do? Uh, cool Pokemon. Uh, give it a long neck for like five different Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> because they've been doing it for years. I mean, one of them was hinted at and then finally happened with Ex- Executor. Um, What's the thing? Is they've based Pokemon on so many things so far. Like, how far could they actually go? Is always well, the question. Uh, Giraffarig. Um, mm-hmm. They finally gave ev- an evolution to Furgiraf. Uh, 
And all they did was basically give him a really long neck and a hoodie. He was a literal giraffe already. (laughs) They just gave him a longer neck. Well, I mean, think about it. So, like, if we even go back to Gen 1, there were Pokemon already based on weird shit, right? Like, you had Magneton and Magnemite. Literal magnet balls. Yeah. That fused together. You had Porygon, which was at least in the lore, a literal computer-generated Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had all these kinds of weird things that just... Like, when you got into Pokemon originally, you thought, oh, it's cool, it's going to be, like, cute animal-based Pokemon, and then they just start throwing shit at you. We have Pokemon based on chandeliers and candelabras. We have Pokemon <laughs> who are ghost Pokemon that wear a sack on them so they can disguise themselves as other Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there on one of the shelves. Um, we have a Pokemon that it looks like a balloon and will literally kidnap children. Yes. <laughs> we have an ice cream cone, a double scoop ice cream cone, a triple scoop ice cream cone, <laughs> a fuckable ghost. Uh, was it a fuckable ghost sandcastle? Um, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, no. Oh, you know what? Think it, speak- I do know what the ghost sandcastle is. I don't remember anything about it being fuckable. Speaking, <laughs> they the they put out a plushie that like oh yeah. Um, speaking <laughs> of Pokemon plushies, uh, Nate, have you seen what? the most recent announced Pokemon plushie? No, I haven't. They're putting out a Wiglet, a ten. Oh, I did see the Wiglet. Wiglet. <laughs> I did uh, see the Wiglet. <laughs> Do I need to blur this? I'm not sure if I need to blur this. Um, yeah, this is a and thing. A quarter inch. Sorry, you got to remember that quarter inch. All every every quarter inch matters. Um, yeah, this was a decision that somebody just made and was like, they're never going to do it, and then Look, they did it. Wiglet was a decision already. Wiglet mm-hmm. was a Wiglet is a problem in and of itself as a Pokemon. Do you think they're going to put out the three headed one? I really hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I just... (laughs) I pray they don't. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Like, I'm sorry. Who who approves these decisions at Pokemon Company? People. Um, I totally forgot about Clink being a Pokemon as well. Literally just two gears stuck together. (laughs) Or, um... Klefki, who is literally just a key. Yep. Um, again, I'm not giving shit to that. They do it very creatively. They make some cool-ass-looking random objects. Um, some of my favorite Pokemon are literal bags of garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and he, here's if you ever want to pick on Pokemon designers for quote-unquote being lazy... Um, I always like to say, look at all the not Pikachus. Because, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. every generation has had an electric rodent since Pikachu. And none of them have been loved as much as Pikachu. Except for the guy that you already talked about that's wearing a sack over its head pretending to be a fucking Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the closest to being Pikachu and being loved as much as Pikachu is Mimikyu. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, but, you know, Pikachu's loved because he's in an anime that gives him personality and makes him cute and stuff. Uh, and Pikachu's have... loved because it's a fucking tragic story. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're not wrong. 
my thing is beeping, so I do think I need to plug my headset back in. It's a downside to moving. I hadn't really gotten a chance to plug it in and charge it as long as I usually would. Plug it in, plug it in. Best thing about Bluetooth headphones is when you have to have them plugged into your head. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, Nate, we got really off topic from One Piece. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck is Black Cloak? Black Cloak is a comic you actually recommended to me. What? That I... Yeah, so we were in a comic store. We were in the comic store. I can't say a comic store. We go to one. Um, we were in the comic store one day, and I remember you picking up a copy of Black Cloak, and I also picked up a copy because it had, I'm going to cover this, boobies on the cover. Um, <laughs> but uh, the boobies in question are mermaid boobies specifically, and so what Black Cloak is is a seemingly very interesting story. I don't know because I've literally read one issue of it and want to read the rest now. Um, it takes place in this fantasy world where there's fantasy creatures and people and stuff like that. But then there are these essentially detectives slash cops slash investigators uh, slash monster hunter people called black cloaks. And it seems like everyone knows them and fears them. They're kind of the authority, the ultimate authority in this world. Um, but the story kicks off basically with a murder mystery, Ooh. and it's less of a whodunit, and it's more like the way this murder happened could potentially be like world damning oh. <laughs> if we don't figure out how and why it happened and who, who actually did do it. Um, there's a lot of political in back and forth between the main character and her family. Um, it just all around looks like it's gearing up to be an interesting story. It's got a really nice art style that's very easy to look at. Um, it doesn't seem to waste a lot of time as far as moving the plot goes, but the characters stay interesting and they have some depth to them. And I've got, I think, two other issues of it, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm enjoying a lot more of comics that are not Marvel and DC specifically. Um, this one's done by Image, published by Image Comics. And One of my it is favorites. You've got Kelly Thompson, Meredith McLaren, and Becca Carey. Oh, Nate. The three people working on this. You're going to hate this. Um, so there's a cover. They have a cover D. Look up cover D for Black Cloak number one. Okay. Apparently, I typed in clock instead of cloak. Anyway. <laughs> oh, hey, it, that's close. I mean, could have been you worse. Just... <laughs> Did you just throw your issue? <laughs> this is not okay. Uh, Hang on. Where can I get... I can still get this. You can probably comics. still get it. Um, so what I just sent to Nate was <sighs> there's a Peach Mumiko cover of issue one. Uh, Nate loves... Uh, that the artist and buys literally will just buy covers. Um, doesn't give a shit about the actual comic. We'll just buy the cover. I have bought so many comics <laughs> just because she drew the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled because I pulled it up. I literally was like, "What's this mermaid boob cover?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I do remember this." And then I looked and I'm like, "What's this pink cover?" And I immediately was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I can actually buy this from a website called Neighborhood Comics right now. There you go. And they'll even sell me. A, they'll even send it in a bag and board for forty five cents. Ooh, they've got some cool fucking covers for this comic. But I have to create an account. 
Yeah, we'll create an account. That later. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, later. do that later and then buy it. all the Peach Momoko. <laughs> no, I actually, I've been following her through uh, Facebook and um, that's how I keep up with, you know, most of her artwork now. Um, is she not on like Insta or Threads? She probably is. I just haven't expanded to those yet. Um, Instagram has been hard for me to get back into just because I haven't been posting anything for a very long time. Um <clears throat> I feel like I haven't posted shit on basically anything recently. Threads, I tried for like two days and then dropped it immediately. It is, <laughs> it is a confusing mess. Threads to me is basically, hey, let's just make everything look like Instagram comics or comments. Yeah, Because, you, like, the words are smaller. Everything seems smaller than it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. how. To, that's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> well, and then... Twitter, I just try to stay off as much as possible. I don't care what the fuck Elon Musk calls it. It's fucking Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's about to break every fucking link to it, too. Yeah, no. I mean, this is this is a child given a very expensive toy, and he's throwing a temper tantrum because it doesn't work the way he wants it to. Um, <clears throat> but Throwing enough about that. Because he knows <laughs> that he isn't loved as much as he thinks he is. Um, yeah. Okay, so you enjoy you enjoyed Black Cloak. I'm glad that I re recommended it and completely forgot that I did so. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't own that. I have never read a single issue of it. I think I looked through okay. it and I was like, this looks like something you would like. Yeah. I mean, Good like I said, I'm, a, I'm diving into more of the comics outside of just the traditional Marvel and DC world because there's still a whole lot more to explore and a lot of interesting stories I found there. I mean... Um, stories like Hard Eyes, one of my favorite comics of all time now. Mm -hmm. um, Eight Billion Genies, amazing story. And An we, amazing it, premise for a story. Yeah, and I was just saying, we've talked about it before. It is, um, independent comics are the easiest way to get started in comics because the, bar the barrier for entry is just, oh, I want to read about saga i want to read about invincible okay do you know where you start on issue one because it actually mm -hmm. has a real issue one as opposed yeah. to again all the marvel all the dc where issue one is actually like 80 years old but it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. anymore because there's been another issue one about 15 times um yeah and that's why like and i've, <laughs> I've right even now. tried to i guess help or whatever with like batman mm -hmm. where it's like okay new artist new writer this is a new story. You start with that. And yes, it's really confusing because it's issue, like, I think at that point, what was it, 37? No, 306 or some bullshit like that. <laughs> it was uh -huh. like 120 something. <laughs> it's, yeah, I can't remember. It's There's so many goddamn uh, issues. Um, and like, you'll even see underneath, like, the numbered issue that the legacy number is a whole other number, um, mm -hmm. which is a whole other fucking bullshit that I hated when they did. Um, because I, I was so lucky to be working in a comic shop when there was a new reboot to number one and everything had that legacy number put in underneath. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, thankfully, we both had... I was say, thankfully, both of us enjoyed a character from their beginning. Like, we actually mm -hmm. got to be around for the beginning of Miss Marvel and... Um, yeah. Miles. Miles and Kamala. Um, I remember picking up Miss Marvel Volume One at the Barnes and Noble around the corner from me. Yeah, <laughs> just on a whim, just because the cover looked awesome on it. Um, 
and then after that before i knew it like within the week i had volume four <laughs> so oh, <wow>. yeah <laughs> i bought four trays of a comic and that's how i bought comics before i started buying individual issues is i would show up at a bookstore and buy trades <laughs> yeah and i mean that's when i actually read physically i usually like i've talked about before i bag and board my issues but i actually read them either digitally or i will have trades like i have hardcovers of the entire run of fucking um chew uh i have multiple hardcovers for batman books um yeah i I like collected collected is so much (laughs) easier to just get into like i think you did you pick up all the uh the dark knights metal stuff i didn't get all of it yet i have the trade for heavy metal Mm -hmm. um i don't have the one for for metal yet um, but, one in my opinion, but that's a whole thing. well i'll get there eventually the <laughs> the the problem with with my particular mental afflictions is hyper fixating and so when it comes to collecting things my brain very much goes collect all of it mm-hmm. um which is why i have so many I, I have a lot of junk basically to get rid of in the next couple of weeks um it's why I bought special editions for games so much is I needed to have all the things. I almost bought a $500 special edition for Armor Core 6. <laughs> like you have to you have to imagine how insane it is for me to say, "Yeah, let me spend as much as I did on my console on a single game." <laughs> no. And you already um, I was going to say thankfully you already stopped spending that much on fucking uh Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. For a game you don't even need to actually pay for, because we already subscribe to a service that'll give it to us at no extra cost. Oh, I know. I just can't. Starfield is a whole ethical issue, aside from yeah. that. Um, but uh, I still got my Space Marine 2 pre-order locked down at Best Buy, so they'll deliver that again when I'm out of the country, unfortunately. I'll yeah. just have someone ship it to me. Um, to but, why? Uh, just keep it at home? Because I want to play Space Marine 2! Oh, God. <laughs> um but uh yeah so anyway uh moving forward (laughs) because we're just spinning threads here um it's more fun we haven't talked in well so (laughs) i know i'll talk about uh we're moving on to our playing section of the podcast where we talk about what we've been playing chris has been playing fuck all because that's not true what did you play i didn't put it on the notes it's not i i played some minecraft Oh boy! And the first thing I did, the first two things I did on my new computer, um, was I loaded up Spider Man, and I'm like, "Cool, runs perfectly, great." I pulled it up while recording things. And I'm like, "Cool, runs perfectly, didn't crash. That's all I needed." Um, and then I also pulled up uh, modded Minecraft, where on the on the good the old boy, I love them. Um, mm-hmm. still runs. It's okay. It's fine. Um, what, what is all of it? What? Jesus. Um, but I pulled up modded, uh, was it all the mods eight, I believe. So it's just a shit ton of mods thrown into this. Um, mm-hmm. just fucked around with it. And I actually have recently, I think it's still open. Um, and playing a newer version of like a skyblock which I would very much like to get a server started and actually play because I'm like, this is a... I really like how this one is built out and I feel like everybody would enjoy it. Um, well, that's fine. I mean, 
what you'll need to do is basically give me the instructions on how to set it up so that way every time i load the game it doesn't crash essentially well i mean it make they make it really easy um it's the having to get it to be multiplayer that i don't understand because all you have to do mm-hmm. is have the feed the beast app because you'd literally mm-hmm. be like play this mod pack and it's like all right here's this mod pack instance you're good to go well we can figure out the server stuff eventually yeah um I'm actually gearing up right now to play a game called Eco, which is this massive world simulator, literally a world simulator, (laughs) Um, where the goal of the game is to destroy a meteor before it hits the planet. And the way you do that is literally taking your character who's dropped in the middle of nowhere and farming resources to the point that you take an entire world from basically being a completely natural scape to we need to find out how much we can industrialize in order to destroy this meteor but also not destroy the planet with pollution at the same time (laughs) um and it is a multiplayer game um the server setup i think is pretty easy for it but uh me and a couple of friends are gearing up to play that because it's just a persistent ongoing world the entire time the server's up Mm -hmm. um and it has everything it has so many mechanics in it that deal with the politics of regions to marking out territories to how you do economy you can even make multiple currencies and have currency exchange rates in this game oh wow um so it's it's very much in depth and very much made to simulate like here is real society building in a video game (laughs) um but yeah i mean it looks fun and that's what i'm gonna eventually play but uh what i've been playing is I went back to, um, well, I didn't go back to. So I downloaded recently a PS2 emulator mm-hmm. um, because Armor Core 6 is coming out later this month. And I wanted to play, one, my favorite Armor Core game, which I still have on PS2, but wanted to play it in, you know, a resolution that isn't shit. Um, so I played all through Armored Core 3 inside of, like, a week. I think I did it in, like, 15 hours. I beat that. Oh, damn. Um and that's the thing is you can there's like a new game plus in it so you can just go back and keep doing it over and over again you keep all your parts all your money all that stuff mm-hmm. um and there's and after you beat it there's you have the normal arena which is 1v1 fights that you can rank up through and then you have the extra arena which is 2v2 fights with an ai partner um there are more arena opponents and it's funny because when you do the new game plus the bottom ranked arena opponent is actually the hardest one to beat oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah so um and then of course the new game plus is there because you can go through the story multiple different ways by choosing multiple different missions um get extra parts secret parts stuff like that um that being said i did put down armored core 3 for a while and got its expansion so i don't know that many people knew this but armored core was known ever since armored core 1 for releasing expansions before a whole new numbered title um armor core one for example had both project phantasma and master of arenas two expansions for a ps1 game at the hmm. time and armor core three had an expansion called silent line which expands upon it even more so the story armor core three ends with you destroying this sort of underground city running ai and then that ai unlocks a gate to the surface and so these corporations that have been fighting amongst each other go to the surface and they're you know looking to develop the surface and move people to the surface and vying for territory and things like that. Um, But there's an area 
sort of in the center of this new continent that's called the Silent Line, an area where anything that goes there basically gets blown up by these giant space satellites. <laughs> um, but um, it expands upon Armor Core 3 even more by giving you new parts to mess around with, of course, a whole new arena to go through, whole new missions, whole new story, and some of these, and new mechanics as well. In Armor Core 1, there were very few left-arm projectile weapons, and that's because the left arm in Armor Core has always been traditionally reserved for an energy blade weapon, um, which a lot of people have seen in the Armor Core 6 footage where you're just doing these massive swipes around. Um, but there were some projectile weapons. Armor Core Silent Line expands on that by giving you more options for those projectile weapons, so you're kind of like dual-wielding in a mech, basically. <laughs> um it uh, adds clone weapons as well, so you can get lighter versions of, say, the same weapon that you used to use, but it carries less ammo, or a heavier version of that weapon that carries more ammo. Um, but yeah, it's just all around a cool game. If I was saying anyone who's interested in Armored Core and hasn't played an Armored Core before, um, because unfortunately you can't really play some of the newer titles... Mm -hmm. um, I would say try out three and try out silent line. They're the closest to what a lot of people in the community consider like the distillation of what armored core was supposed to be for the longest time. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for armor core six and uh, I'm going to be very happy when it finally comes out. Um, yeah. you don't have much time left, right? No, not much. It comes out on the 26th. So it's very close. Um, but again, I'm looking forward to it. I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's a big mech action game. Even a lot of the Soulsborne community, the Elden Ring fans are being turned off by it because they're like, it looks nothing like Elden Ring. It doesn't look like it plays like Elden Ring, so on and so forth. But it's not supposed to. I mean, the director literally had an interview where he sat down and they asked him, like, is this going to be like Elden Ring? And he's like, no, it's going to be like Armored Core because yeah. it's Armored Core. <laughs> um... Now, I've heard that there are some things that are slightly pulled from those kind of games the souls games um but more they in are a, more in a like uh i don't know from what i heard it's actually more like um oh what's that term it's good for gamers makes <laughs> makes easy for gamers accessible um, something like that i'll remember it eventually well i think a lot of people quality of life quality oh, yes. of life changes yeah so they are bringing some of the things from Souls games to Armored Core, but making it make sense in the world of Armored Core, right? And the world of Armored Core is ridiculous anyway. There's a whole fucking, like, timeline split thing. There's a lot of fucking lore there buried under the surface, which is what Souls games are famous for. <laughs> um, Armored Core does that pretty well as well. But in 6, you have repair kits, for example. So you're low on life, whatever like that. You pop a repair kit, you get healed. That's taken, like, that's basically Estus Flask, right? Yeah. Um, but they're limited in their use, and you can only reply, replenish them at certain points of each mission. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that they've added, which is taken from Sekiro, is this thing, is a stagger bar. They call it the Attitude Control System in Armored Core, which is something I had to look up. Um, an Attitude Control System is a real thing used in anything piloted that also has a gyroscope in it. <laughs> um... <laughs> But um, essentially, it detects the, the pitch, roll, and yaw of any particular object, and 
the way that it works in Armored Core 6 is you have weapons that can do a whole lot of damage, but may not do a whole lot of stagger, or weapons that do a whole lot of stagger, don't do a whole lot of damage, or weapons that do both, but have some other trade-off, like very flo- slow firing speed, or very slow projectile speed. Um, and when an enemy is staggered, very much like Sekiro, which is the game that this was taken from, they take extra damage in that staggered state. They're basically vulnerable to attack at that point. Um, and so a lot of the mechanics are based around, you know, building stagger on enemies, but also managing your own level of stagger against them. Um, energy management has always been a part of Armored Core. You have a this part called a generator inside your mech, which determines how much energy you have in six. It works very much more like a stamina bar than it did in previous games. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's shaping up to be a pretty interesting game. A lot of people got sent, I believe to San Francisco. It was to play a demo of the game. Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, it was like I a remember, 20 minute, like think all the kind of funny people or not, a good bit of the kind of funny people have gotten a chance to play it. Yeah, so a lot of people got sent to play demos of the game, and I've been watching a lot of that demo footage to see, you know, what they got into, what builds may look like, what kind of strategy they're using to complete the same missions that you're watching, because they're only allowed to show certain missions. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that Armored Core has evolved to, in this way that even if people who are, like, soured by it because it's not another Elden Ring, it's not another Souls game... Um, that formula was born inside of Armored Core going all the way back to one. <laughs> mm. That sort of approach to game design is in those older Armored Core games. And Elden Ring is just the refinement of that, essentially. Um, and Armored Core 6 is looking to be a, a, a not a refinement of the Elden Ring formula or the Soulsborne formula, but a refinement a combining of those two things to make a game that people who love Armored Core can enjoy, but also people who are fans of Soulsborne stuff can point at something and go, hey, I fucking, I, I understand that mechanic. I know what that is. It's the, and now I know how to use it and exploit it. <laughs> yes. It's the fucking, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, right. I would... All right, well, Nate, that's that's a future game. That's so far, so far. You got so much time. Uh, How the (laughs) fuck is Baldur's Gate 3? Oh, boy. So I never played a Baldur's Gate before. Well, not true. I played Baldur's Gate 2 Dark Alliance, which is an action RPG very much akin to Diablo. Mm -hmm. And I played that all the way back on PS2. I played it on GameCube. It probably came out on GameCube as well. PlayStation um, 2. Maybe. I don't remember. I played Well, it. so I never played any of the mainline Baldur's Gate titles. I didn't play 2. I didn't play 1. I didn't play any of the Divinity, Divinity Original Sins games, which plays into this, because Larian Games, the developer of those games, made Baldur's Gate 3. Yep. Um, didn't play any of those games at all. What I found out very quickly is Baldur's Gate 3 is Digital Dungeons & Dragons. Yep, 1,000%. <laughs> <period. laughs> And I did not expect that going in. Um, it it kind of drew me in when I looked at the character creation. I'm like, hmm, this is Dungeons & Dragons. And then I got into the game and was like, the game wants me to roll a d20. What the fuck's going on here? It just <laughs> um, straight up is Dungeons & Dragons. So it's Digital Dungeons & Dragons. I'm enjoying it for all it's worth. D-D-D. Um, 
when I say it's Dizzle of Dungeons and Dragons, I don't mean that just from a mechanical standpoint. I mean that from everything you can do in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you pick up, everything you interact with, every character you interact with, every way you meet an encounter is very Dungeons and Dragons. There's a part of the game I'm in right now. This isn't really big spoiler territory because it comes early in chapter one. You're set off to deal with a goblin camp. You have to deal with that goblin camp because these tieflings are being kicked out of this druid sanctuary. And if the goblins are still alive when they get kicked out, they're probably all going to (laughs) die. And so you're sent there. You're tasked with going there and taking out all the goblins in the camp if you can. At least killing the three goblin leaders. Early on in the story, something happens to your character that you don't control, mm-hmm. but it's a part of the game. It's a very key part of the story and the game itself. But you can use that to your advantage here and actually flip alliances on people oh. at a certain point. So you can decide, hey, I'm not going to kill these guys. I'm actually going to join them and help them go kill the tieflings and druids. <laughs> um, and so that is a very D&D way of approaching things where... You're in a scenario, and unlike Sky, unlike a game like Skyrim, for example, where you're just given an objective and it's a very simple objective. Hey, go here and do this thing. Mm-hmm. D&D is like, or Baldur's Gate in this case, is like, hey, go here and do this thing. But then you're presented with a whole wealth of other choices in front of you as well. And they're not always clear and they're not always laid out. So you can very much tell people who love and have experience with games like Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder and just any tabletop RPG put a lot of thought into how they crafted this game to make it so that way, no matter what you're doing, who you are, where you're going, when you run into something, whether it be a problem or whether it just be another person to talk to, you're always going to be presented with some kind of choice that you have to make. (laughs) Um, And that really lets you dive into the role-playing of your character. I'm playing a Brash Dragonborn Barbarian, a class I never actually played on tabletop. Well, not a class, a race I never played on tabletop. Um, but that gives me proficiency in things like intimidation. It gives me advantage on intimidation as a barbarian. Mm-hmm. So I can roll two dice and take the highest result. Um, and I have gotten through a lot of dialogue choices by just scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, that does sound fun. But the one of the unique things Baldur's Gate did add is you can get all these companions of course but each of those companions you get well at least i think six of them can be they are what they call origin characters well they can all be romance this game is the horniest fucking game i've ever played fuck a bear did you fuck a bear no but almost anybody anybody in this game wants you everybody is thirsty in this game (laughs) but um no, you can get all those companions, but those companions, you can also start the game playing as one of those companions, what they call an origin character. So basically, it's like a pre-made character for the campaign that you're in. Um, and they have their own unique backstories and things like that, which you still help them out through whether you choose to play them, play as them or not. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there is one special unique character in Baldur's Gate 3 called the Dark Urge. On the stats, on the main screen when you select it, it's a white dragonborn sorcerer, but it's the only customizable origin character, so you can make it any race, any class you want. 
the crazy thing about the Dark Urge is you have... I won't spoil anything that happens gameplay-wise, but basically you are driven by this impulse that you don't quite understand to cause as much chaos and mayhem and death as possible. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you Sounds don't like know my what, kind of character. Yes. You don't know what drives this compulsion, but it leads to probably one of the darkest and loneliest gameplay experiences you're going to have playing anything D&D related. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a riot. Um, that being said, it is an overall pretty fun game. If you play it on the standard difficulty, which I'm playing it now, um, with karmic dice, which are essentially quote-unquote weighted dice, it just makes it so that way you're not rolling like eight strings of critical failures. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> It's it's just as challenging as a game of D&D would be if you had a competent dungeon master. But right? you can mm -hmm. save scum from what I've heard. You can save scum. <laughs> so there is a quick there is a quick save option and I've used it a couple times to save scum things just to see if what I'm doing is fitting the character I want to play. <laughs> right. Well, it kind of also makes me think of um there are games Yes, this plays very differently from a Fallout, from a, a Skyrim, but it is the same thing where it's like, I'm going to choose this. Fuck, I didn't like that. Let me go back. Like, this is not what, what I want for my character. Especially in, we, I, I don't know if we ever really touched on it, but a lot of people talked about Fallout 4 where dialogue options mm -hmm. were not as well you know they're not you don't get actual sentences yeah it was like you're expressing <laughs> yeah and sometimes that mood was not the mood you wanted not the not the thing you wanted to say it's like yeah sure because when you just say yes it's like yeah you say it all cocky it's like no and no no that no. is why that's why i modded fallout 4 to give me full dialogue options yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but that's that is also why i love the ability to save scum also because I am very much the, you annoy me, let me murder you and all of your friends real quick, and then reload and be like, okay, nothing happened, I just got my anger out on you. Um, well, that's the great thing about this game. As much as you want to murder everybody else, they're just as capable of murdering you most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, well, to its credit, what Baldur's Gate does is it does have those moments where I'm very much like, let me live with the consequences of this decision, mm -hmm. right? Um, let me see how this all plays out. I'll save scum because, again, I'm trying to roleplay a particular character, and the limitation of doing something like this in a video game is I can't say to the video game, my character says X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right? I have to pick from the dialogue tree that the game has presented me. <laughs> um, and it's funny because a lot of those encounters, especially hostile ones, are very much, they just give you an option to attack. Like, don't even talk to this person, just fucking fight them. Just throw hands immediately. <laughs> like... And I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a fun game. It is very D&D. &D. Don't expect it to be, you know, a loot farm action RPG where you're just, you know, leveling up a character and getting a bunch of crazy gear. Um, you know, don't expect it to be a Fallout or Skyrim-esque experience where it's like, oh, let me go over here and talk to this person. They'll always be friendly 100% of the time. Um, it, this game is difficult my character my party has been wiped multiple times because of bad decisions i've made um whether it be during combat or during dialogue um and at one point just to see what would happen i had all four characters jump into a chasm and it's funny because the end of the jump marker literally says the word death like hey the game is letting you know you will die if you try to jump here 
Nice. And I did it anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I've been on the on the fence for that game mostly because obviously it came out and not the greatest time for me. Um, but just in general, if if it was something I would dedicate as much time as I would want to, um, I, I mean, give, I give them props. They did only release this at a sixty dollar price point. They didn't go for the, you know, the quote unquote new normal that's supposed to be seventy. Um, so good for them. Uh, I I've heard nothing but good things. Not a single complaint about the entire thing. The the hardest thing anybody has had to deal with was the combat, and it's just because it's just not what they are used to. Um, it's not so much that uh, oh this is bad combat. It's this is just not a combat system that I normally do. Um, well, I think that also well, plays into me for me a lot too. Listen, your party size in this game is four, and it is co-op multiplayer as well, so you can have other people join your game at any yeah. time, whether wherever they are in their campaign. Um, if you have, like, if you say you start up with a group of four, um, mm-hmm. if one of those people aren't able to come in, does their character stick around as like an like a, a computer controlled character or? Well, yes, actually. So the way that the game works, at least in single player, is any of the companions you meet. You can have up to four people in your party, so you and three companions, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> so you have to think about it this way: when you're normally playing D and D, unless you're one of these like uber chad, ten years of experience D and D players yeah. who wants to play multiple characters at the same time, you're normally just playing one character. Yeah. So you have to manage one character in every combat encounter, right? So if you're a barbarian, it's simple: rage and hit stuff. That's what you do. <laughs> uh if you're a sorcerer it's okay let me you know let me see how many spell slots i have fire, and then let me fire, cast fire, a bunch fire, of crazy, oh, yeah. let me let me cast fireball directly at my allies who are standing right next to the <laughs> next to the enemies um if you're a cleric if you're a domain of life cleric you're focused on okay how many spell slots do i have so i can keep healing people if you're a domain of war cleric how can i hit stuff harder with my magic <laughs> but uh so you have to manage four characters in these combat encounters. Positioning is very important because this game does play very much like a traditional D&D map. It's not necessarily a grid, but you do have movement limitations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, range limitations, all that kinds of stuff. Um, everything in combat that you do is an ability check at the end of the day. You're still rolling dice. Even though it's happening in the background, dice are still being rolled for attack rolls. Dice are still being rolled for ability checks. Um and all of that matters. So you have to consider how am I going to manage these four party members? Right now I've got, let's see, I've got a rogue, which is one of the companions. Well, these are all companions. So I've got a rogue, a fighter, a cleric, and then myself, which is a barbarian, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to manage all of that, right? The rogue often is like, okay, let me actually split him off from the party so he can get his sneak attacks in early on and we can get a surprise round. <laughs> um, my barbarian is very simple. Rage, hit things really, really hard. Um, the fighter, hit things. Action surge, hit it again. There you <laughs> go. And the cleric is like, sit back and cast Guiding Bolt as many times as possible so we have advantage on everything, please. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've got to manage those four characters. When you have a group of four actual players, it's a little bit different because then you're just managing yourself in those combat encounters. And those players... There's other players can literally do anything they want to do. They don't mm-hmm. have to be a part of that combat encounter if they don't want to be. Um, 
there's a certain basically range within your considered joining combat or out of combat. It's about 27 meters in the game, um, which is pretty fucking far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you've got to manage those. You've got to manage all that at the same time. So it requires you to think and strategize how you approach combat rather than just let me rush in with all four characters and wail on one guy. Yeah. Because there's nine times out of ten a whole lot more than one guy to fight. <laughs> Are you distracted? <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking about. It really is like I, I like I said I'm just on the fence of like I every time I hear people talk about this game, I'm like I want to try this. It looks it sounds so fun. Don't but, worry about it, Chris. You're gonna pay sixty dollars for the character creator simulator of your life. <laughs> I know, and I can choose my genitalia, um, but I hear they no one of them no longer clips through your clothes anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a really bad bug in the last pass where if you had a penis on your camera, you mean a fun gone. bug? Um, yeah, fun bug. Yes, your just, your dick would just clip right through your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens to me all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's I don't know. I'm in a weird spot with games right now where like I have not been able to I mean I have uh, ignoring the move shit. Just like I have not been able to think of any game that I'm super excited to get back into um like even Starfield. Starfield I'm excited for to play again because we don't have to pay for it. Uh it's just I don't know. Nothing's really grabbing me like I was hoping um I mean, yeah. I got some. I got some Nintendo shit coming out. Well, there's plenty of Nintendo stuff coming out. There's uh, some games coming out that were previewed, but again, not a lot of them are riding the hype train that games like Baldur's Gate or Starfield are. Uh, um, I will say, speaking of games that are coming out, I'm going to go on a weird mm -hmm. tangent here, real quick. It's semi news. It is news. It's technically news. Um, it is news. No, no technical. <laughs> um, two things, real quick. Early on, I don't remember if it was while we were recording this or if it was pre-podcast talk, I talked about how I have not gotten a chance to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yet. Um, very excited for it whenever I get out to it. But uh, recently, we just got confirmation of uh, an upcoming new game from you know, the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles based off the last Ronin story. Um, mm. Now, it sounds awesome. That's great. Uh, the only problem is that I believe it is, yes, it's being developed by THQ Nordic. Um, wow. <laughs> eh. So, you know, eh, we could, could go either way. Uh, on the other hand, uh, in TMNT gaming news, uh, you can get all four turtles as costumes in Street Fighter VI. And it only costs as much as the game to get all four of them. Hmm. Yeah, every that's... all four individual uh, costumes cost fifteen dollars. That's stupid. It is very stupid. Now, I'll be honest. Are you are you going to buy all four, or are you going to just buy your turtle, your favorite turtle? Of course, you're going to go for your <laughs> favorite turtle. And fifteen dollars for a skin seems steep. Um. <laughs> But it only seems steep because of the fact that it's a sixty dollars game, sixty or fifteen dollars for a, a Fortnite skin, in my head is reasonable. You don't pay for that game. It is a free game. It is a free game that you can have endless amount of fun in without ever spending a single cent. 
But when they put out a fucking alien costume, here's my money. Um, <laughs> I, I bought the Xenomorph immediately. Um, that was back when I used to play. I, I haven't touched it in forever now. Um, <laughs> but no, I you know it, it's a little a little crazy, a little pricey. Um, and it, again, it, it feels like it's only as pricey as it is because of the fact that you're already paying sixty dollars for this game. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like fifteen dollars used to be a DLC pack of multiple costumes, um, and now it's obviously it's the price of an individual character. Now I will say a lot of people think that the reason for it is not Capcom being greedy. They're thinking that the, there are some theories that it has to do with uh, Nintendo, not Nintendo, Nickelodeon licensing the characters because currently they own the licensing for TM- TMNT, which is really interesting. Um, Really yeah. confusing, but whatever. Uh, it they look cool. Uh, it would be cooler if they were just characters and they weren't just skins that you put on people. But whatever. Um, oddly enough, I mentioned uh, aliens. Man, this is just my triple triple play of news that I didn't write down just because I, I saw it before we started. Uh, right, like right as we started. Um, speaking of alien. Uh, finally, after rumors for months, um, it has been officially announced that the Xenomorph is coming to Dead by Daylight as a, as a killer. Um, I mm-hmm. jokingly said that if this actually is real, I will probably play Dead by Daylight again, and, uh, I already started installing it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that, they're gonna get some <laughs> money from me. I love everything Alien. Alien, not Aliens. Fucking mm-hmm. Aliens. Alien. Give me the horror <laughs> game, not the fucking sci-fi action movie. Well, Nothing against sci-fi action movie. It's just you don't. You don't. That's why I like three <laughs> more than two. And people give me shit for it, and I don't fucking care. <laughs> three is literally just one in a prison. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I understand why people like two, but it was definitely a major departure from one. So... Mm-hmm. Just adds to that that list of why I don't give a fuck about James Cameron. <laughs> um, I had I had this thought the other day where I was going to somebody. They were talking about how some of these directors are like here are the like best selling director movie directors blah 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 blah, and I'm like I would like to see how many of these directors movies I actually like in any way. Um, because, mm-hmm. like, you can pull up James Cameron, and if I look at this list, I think there's maybe two movies I actually like. Um, am I lying? Are there no movies that I like by James Cameron? You know what? Yeah, real quick. Just a quick once-over. I don't like any of these movies. <laughs> you don't like any of the Terminator movies? I don't like Terminator. <laughs> wrong with you that's no that's just a personal preference you cannot like terminator um terminator i'll say terminator is the closest um (laughs) of all the of all the movies he's made i would probably say that is the closest to me liking any of them but i don't like alita battle angel he did not direct that he didn't direct it you're right um his name was on it for some reason. I don't remember why. Let's see. Probably as an executive producer or some shit. Uh, he was writer and producer. Um, okay. Also, that movie was only okay. I would have loved to see more because I feel like it was heading in a good direction. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But no, well, yeah. I mean, James Cameron has been whispering rumors around that he would very much like to make an Elite of Battle Angel too. Yeah, good for him. Um, <laughs> but he, he falls into that. You know those those directors that came out and be were like. Marvel movies aren't real cinema. Blah, 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 blah. Superhero movies are ruining the theater experience. I'm like, people are going to the theater still because of those movies. Um, mm-hmm. If you were just releasing, maybe not so much him. He does like to go for the more epic stuff, but like Scorsese films. Scorsese films aren't, you have to see this in the theater. They are, let's put it on Netflix, fuck it. Um, yes, this is the part of the podcast where... Uh, you find out that Chris hates most well-known directors. <laughs> um, like Scorsese, I think there's like two movies of his that I enjoy. Uh, but this was a whole thing where like I had the thought of being like, I want to go through these top directors and actually be like, what are these movies do I give a shit about? Or like, you know, like come up with like, I don't, I don't know. Could I have lived without them making, without these as directors and stuff? And like, I fucking love Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What? Nothing. I mean, here's the thing is, I don't care or know. I don't care about or know about many famous people to begin with, whether they be movie directors, producers, hmm. whoever, honestly. There, there are a few people I care about, and that's because I've seen them do good things outside of their career. You know, there are people like Jack Black, who is just an amazing person in general. Yeah. Um, also Robin makes Williams. really fun movies. Yes. Robin Williams was not just a phenomenal actor, but also just a really good human being at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, with directors and I don't ever go to see a movie because I'm like, oh, this person is directing it. Right. I do. I well, have, there are multiple movies that I will be like, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith made a movie. Fuck yeah, I'm going mm-hmm. to see that shit, even yeah. if it is literal shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just have never been that person who's like, OK, I'm really into this director, really into this, this certain actor or producer or writer or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um I the way that I approach my critique to media is was the media first of all well crafted like did it hit the basics of what it needs to be the thing it is is mm-hmm. um but also did it tell a compelling story with compelling characters in it that's really all that matters to me at the end of the day yeah. um if you can have like I sat down and watched all 3 hours of Avatar the Way of the Water it is not a compelling story. Why, why would you do that? Oh, we've talked we, about this already. We've yeah. talked about this, yes. It is just, it's not a compelling story. It's an interesting universe. It's an interesting world to explore. But following this one character around in, you know, his whole thing, not that great. The only person that made me see it in a different light is I watched the Cinema Wins YouTube channel. Yeah. And he usually has some pretty good takes on the stuff he watches. Um at the very least, he's always trying to see the best in whatever he's watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, to me, again, just not not a good movie because of that reason, because it's missing that other half. It was so that's what draws me into stuff. I mean, 
everyone's got personal taste and understand that affects them, but there are certain things that you can point to and say, like, this is why this was or wasn't a compelling story or a compelling character or even just interesting in general. Yeah. Uh, just to end on my whole famous director thing, um, one of them, probably like the best director consistently, mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, while they aren't my favorite movies of all time, uh, are definitely ones that one I grew up with, loved as a kid, still will watch randomly throughout time. Um, fucking Spielberg. Mm. Spielberg, consistency. That's like, I mean, sure. Have I seen all of his movies? No. Jaws? Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> all three of the the Indiana Jones movies? Fuck yeah. That's right. Three. <laughs> um, he, he directed three. There's a fourth one that's out in theaters right now. I haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> no, I do want to revisit Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and see how actual bad it is. Um, but like even more recently, he did... Uh, I say recently. Oh my god, that's... 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. I loved that the animated Tintin movie. I thought it was great. Um, okay, but you're, you're leaving out his magnum opus. BFG? No. <laughs> Saving Private Jurassic, Ryan? Jurassic Park, man, come on. Yeah, I know. Jurassic Park, <laughs> the movie that still, that holds up to this day because it's not CGI. <laughs> <laughs> And I stand by the fact that my favorite Jurassic Park movie is Lost World. Um, but it's mostly because they did some really fun shit with the uh, with the raptors. Um, yeah. I mean, like, come on. Fucking two in a row here oh. with th- through DreamWorks. Catch Me If You Can in The Terminal. Mm-hmm. Catch Me If You Can is, like, one of three movies I actually like. Uh, we said his name earlier. I already forgot his name. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Because I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Tom Hanks. A lot of Tom Hanks like is him. fucking great. Um, a lot of people don't like Leonardo DiCaprio, and for good reasons. Um, <clears throat> what? It's not like he stops dating women after they turn 25. <clears throat> Wait, was that him? Is that him? Is he the, that the, was him. the age limit? Yeah, okay. That it's was him. Fucking creepy. It's very creepy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Jurassic, I, I understand what you said about the Lost World because they did do interesting with the raptors, yeah. but that's because there was this massive period of learning about dinosaurs in the late 90s that took place yeah. in the paleontological, paleontological community that found out that, like, hey, raptors may not just be these mini T-Rex lizard things. They may be a little bit more than that. Man, um, can, you, can you imagine? Sorry, I'm just <laughs> looking at the fact that, like, you just look from the year we were born. 89, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. 91, Hook. 93, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Yes, two very different movies, but two very well-done movies. Um, and then you get Lost World. I don't know what Amistad? Amistad. You don't know what Amistad is? I don't know what Amistad is. This is... So, maybe it's just because of our difference in complexion here. You need to go watch fucking Amistad. Okay. Um... I mean, it's I haven't probably... watched a lot of this. Yeah, but we've oh. talked about it. You haven't seen The Color Purple. Okay. Well, no, I haven't seen The Color Purple. <laughs> but... That has nothing to do with this. Uh... Okay. Well, <laughs> Amistad is a much... More serious much... thing. 
It's a much more serious thing. Uh, what the you fuck? don't have to go watch it. I'll just break it down for you. The bottom it's... line is Amistad is a story about a slave brought to America, accused of crimes he did not commit, and an entire court battle that had to happen that led to the first acquittal of a slave in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I just, I'm just realizing it, though. He, It literally was, because I hovered over and I saw a little bit of the quick, like, this is the brief summary. Um why the fuck he goes Jurassic Park super serious movie Jurassic Park super serious movie <laughs> <laughs> and then save, saving Private Ryan which is you know is great but like semi serious yes or rather this, he's pleading for his freedom him and his fellow captives freedom and I'm sorry it was not the US it was Spain mm-hmm. I get these things lost sometimes um, <clears throat> yeah, one of those places that white people took tried to take over or did yeah. take over um Anyways, uh, there was something else I was going to mention to you, but now I can't remember. Okie dokie. So you go ahead and you, you go ahead and talk about Twitch being um, actually okay for once. Yeah, so Twitch actually did a good. They kind of go back and forth on this. They do a bad, they do a really, really bad, and they do a little bit of good. <laughs> they see a hole, and we've talked about this, they see a hole, they dig it, mm-hmm. and then they're like, let's dig into another hole real quick. <laughs> Well, so a big problem among the Twitch community, and this, for whatever reason, helped a lot of Twitch streamers blow up when they first started streaming, um, was gambling, specifically on Counter-Strike Global Offensive skins. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to know how ridiculous these skins are, first of all, CSGO did introduce a loot box mechanic a long time ago. It's purely for cosmetic items, but it is so rare that you get a skin not only do you get a box but mm-hmm. then you need a key to unlock that box kind of like the way league of legends does its boxes <laughs> um and so people were paying real money for these things eventually um csgo skins have gone for hundreds to sometimes thousands of dollars on the steam marketplace um due to their rarity and if you're like a hardcore csgo player well you don't want to be out there with no drip basically so (laughs) so skins are are a big part of the csgo community and what these guys would do is essentially find a bunch of skins that they could purchase on a cheap or get a bunch of random skin boxes and then put them on websites that people could bet on these boxes essentially gamble them um even more than that, it eventually evolved into gambling for pools. You would watch someone else pulling stuff out of their boxes, and you would gamble on their pools. Oh, wow. I don't understand all the intricacies of it, but <clears throat> the problem is, is it's basically created a major, a huge, big, technically illegal gambling ring in Twitch. Um, you know, the for a while the sec was all over this and they were just they were not willing to let it go for the longest time um you know the potential for money laundering in this kind of thing with no oversight is humongous Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so twitch finally made the decision i believe just earlier this week to or not earlier this week a couple weeks ago on august 3rd actually to just outright say no more promotion of any kind of gambling on our platform period um especially if it's an unlicensed site if your site does not have 
some kind of official gambling license attached to it, some kind of official gambling property attached to it, like an established casino or an established gambling network or an established sports betting network. Don't ever promote it on our, on our service again. Um, and don't ever stream yourself gambling on our service again. <laughs> yeah. So is the shorthand of this, um, that CSGO gambling promos have been moved over to kick pretty much <laughs> um, <laughs> the the thing about about any kind of new platform is it always comes in hot and unregulated um we saw that occur retroactively with twitter after elon musk took over <laughs> yeah. where he just decided hey we're gonna basically unregulate the entire site and then the expected happened is all i yeah. should say about that um it became a cesspool more of a cesspool it's yeah. kind of like when people said that they were going to drain the swamp, and what they did, what they meant was they were going to fill it with yeah, more build, swamp. Built a whole new, more toxic swamp. <laughs> Our gators are a foot longer over here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the hand gestures. Um, I can't do the voice, so I just do the... Yes. So Hold on, let me bring my hands really small back here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... No, I think this is a good good move Twitch is pulling. Um, gambling in and of itself is can become an addiction for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem we're seeing now, and the reason why the loot box and micro microtransaction controversy hasn't ended, is because there's no regulation against. Well, there's no age restriction on this kind of content, yeah. right? Is that a lot of kids are getting into these things and they're seeing a lot of adults who they want to emulate because these adults are cool and popular and have money and shit like that. Um, <laughs> you know, and let's face it, there, there's 99% of the, of like white dudes on Twitch are just trying to be Jake Paul. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so like they, they follow these people, they emulate and idolize them. They have parasocial relations with them. And that creates this trap where they think like, oh, I saw this guy, you know, hit it big on this gambling scheme. Let me go do it too. And then they've run their parents' credit cards up thousands of dollars in debt. <laughs> um, so it's created that kind of problem. And so essentially any measure against it is a good first step. I just hope it works out for Twitch. I hope that they don't have to renege on this situation for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and I hope Twitch hopefully continues to take some steps in the right direction. That's doubtful considering who they're owned by. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but if a platform is going to do anything, start by just protect people from the scummy shit, please. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that is definitely something that they've had a huge problem with. Um, as we know, they seem to have no issue with, uh, just keeping all the racism oh, yeah. and, uh, basically any bigotry. They're like, yeah, we were definitely taking steps to get rid of that. Depends um, on your sub count. Once your sub count hits past a certain point, you can be racist under that. No racism. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, even if you are, the problem is you can have a high sub sub count, but then you're you're getting attacked with the racism mm -hmm. yeah um anyway i don't know why anyway i just wanted to you know uh, fuck twitch 
we're not on Twitch currently right now. Um, and I, I kept wanting us to have a conversation about that before we started getting back to recording and streaming. Um, but unfortunately, it really does seem like it's just... I don't want to say too much effort to get into... Get over onto YouTube. Because um, mm-hmm. we've done it before. We've I've tried it before. Uh, right now, the downside is we have to... To do it, we would technically have to end our partnership with Twitch. And to end that, we have to pay them money to stop being a... Whatchamacallit? A, um, affiliate. Yeah, affiliate. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, it sucks that they want you to pay money to stop being an affiliate because... To be honest with you, not many people are getting anything out of being a Twitch affiliate. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, even partners, I know. There are partners that don't make that much money. Um, and, of course, you see people online be like, well, you're a part. the only people complaining about not getting money and blah, 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 or partners. It's like, no, it's just that you're only seeing them complain because they have a following in which you are seeing what they're posting. You are seeing their blog post, their Twitch post, mm-hmm. their Twitter post or whatever. Um, like by the time you're, by the time you reach partner, you're essentially a full-time streamer anyway. Like you're not just. Not all the time, man. I know a lot of people well, that have hit partner at this point. And it one, it's because they, it's not making them enough money. They're, they are losing mm-hmm. so much money on how the breakdown goes now. Um, mm. which is, you know, fucking ridiculous. Uh, well, it's just, it's time, it's time spent doing something. And the way Twitch views it is, well, if you're not, if you're not putting in enough work to reach partner, as far as we're concerned, which really has nothing to do with work, it has more to do with luck, mm-hmm. um, is then you're doing this as a hobbyist and therefore we don't have to pay you. Yeah. Um, so it kind of sucks. I mean, yes, I would love to get paid by Twitch. Is it my number one concern with being on Twitch? Not really. I would like social media sites to stop killing our reach in general. <laughs> yeah. Or being like, hey, you get reach if you give me a monthly fee. And I'm like, no, Mr. Mr. Uh, Melon Husk, you will not ever get a cent from me. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Melon Husk. Elongated muskrat. Yep. Um, well, Nate, I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> Uh, this is weirdly our shortest podcast ever <laughs> um not ever but pretty close uh i don't know hopefully we'll get back into i mean we are going to get back into the swing of things um i am currently with the new store so i have to get used to how that's going to go before i can decide on the uh the return to our streaming schedule um mm-hmm. but i do plan on starting to do that again getting that started up again um, I know you have been when you can hopping in and doing some streams. Um, mm-hmm. I wish you would tell me so I could make posts about it, but whatever. Because <laughs> um, I can do most of that from my phone. Uh- <laughs> well, a lot of these have been impromptu lately, and yeah, it's okay. testing out testing out the ability to stream certain things. Yeah, um, I I need to test the uh, what I can do with. Part of me wants to see if I can do a. a using both computers to stream and make something slightly easier for the other one or whatever. I don't fucking know yet. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, we're at that point in the stream where we get to give our 
no context recommendations and then the graphic happens but i don't have the graphic on this computer currently <laughs> i think it's actually on this computer it might be on the other computer it might be in the google cloud i don't remember Boop, do, 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 do. and we're back um <laughs> nate what's your no context recommendation my no context recommendation is i'll just say it's a game called fool's blade <laughs> Ooh. um did i already google that maybe uh <laughs> all right cool 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 my no context recommendation is readable it's called the great cleric um no context but is it a isekai who knows uh, <laughs> <laughs> chris recommended an isekai Never. <laughs> um yeah all right well hey uh thank you for joining us on the return to space-time taco uh, we'll be back in another two weeks. We might be back sometime within those two weeks playing some games live on the Twitch. You can follow us over on twitch.tv slash spacetimetaco. Uh, if you like what you hear, what you see, what we do, the words, our faces, this wonderful color-changing light that I can do. Th- hold on, let me do the... Uh, uh, meh, uh, is it, uh, too many apps open at one time, Chris. Uh, this one, and then I can hit this button, and it does party lights whoa um (laughs) you you can follow us on all the social media just search space time taco uh you can find me everywhere mostly everywhere everywhere at time lord burrito i'm not on threads um that's really yeah yeah, i'm not on threads you can find me almost nowhere (laughs) (laughs) right now as a little teapot because i haven't posted shit um <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh if you if you like really like what we're doing, um, and would love to see more of this, and would love to see us be successful in some way, um, you can check us out over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash spacetime taco, as well as our Kofi link, which I'm just saying that because I can never fucking remember the link. It's a weird link. It's like co.fi or it might be co Kofi. I don't fucking remember. It's always a co.fi link. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. Um, we also have a throne. That's a little thing. We need, I need to get you to give me some stuff to throw on the throne that you want for the office or for your office or just in general. I can um, just send you my throne list. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would work. We can just make it combined, put it all on there, combined and shiz. Because um, that's a thing, and it's really cool. I like the idea of it. It It's interesting. Um, a friend of ours used to work the social side of it. I don't believe they are anymore. Um, but, yeah. Man, I, we're so, I'm so out of this. It's been so long. All I know is that I just look at the camera and say, go inside and play video games. <laughs> and Nate still doesn't have a set off. <laughs>